Welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. We like to talk about movies, sports, whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. And I'm the Fat Man. Today, we're going to be hopefully, hopefully finishing up our review of The Big Lebowski. Yes, indeed. I wonder why they named it The Big Lebowski and not like The Dude. Because uh, the guy who set this whole thing up is like, you know, like he's supposedly rich. So he's The Big Lebowski as opposed to The Dude who's poor and a hippie, the little Lebowski. Yeah, but like the movie's about the dude. It's not about the big Lebowski. Basically, the dude is like the detective in this case, and the case's name is the, the big, big Lebowski. Lebowski. Okay, all right, I'll buy it. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is very much like a Humphrey Bogart detective kind of movie, except for all the ridiculousness, you know, with the booze and the crazy people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why we love it. <laughs> yeah, it would be like that, except it's just... Crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> so here's the best part about what we're getting to at this point. We're wrapping up the mystery, but then there's still stuff that happens afterwards. <laughs> that trial, what happened after that? <laughs> well, now we know. <laughs> there's just one more question I got here. <laughs> <laughs> Last we left our heroes, they were driving in the car. The dude laying out everything, the whole thing, basically saying that, yeah, he was right at the very beginning that she kidnapped herself. And then Walter was right about pretty much everything going forward from that point. And Walter getting totally bent out of shape about it being Shabbos and it not being an emergency. (laughs) It wasn't totally bent out of shape about the Shabbos. Like, like he was upset about being called out on Shabbos. (laughs) What he was really pissed off about was the dude calling him out for being Jewish because he converted to Judaism for his now ex-wife and his hookups with his ex-wife or hangups. Hangups, not hookups, because his ex-wife has moved on. Right. She's like remarried <laughs> and he's still like watching her dog and still doing the whole Jewish thing. Although, you know, I figure if you convert to a religion, it doesn't really matter if your wife leaves you. You'd that was Walter's point. I mean, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> I've known real life people in that situation who converted to a thing and then their wife left them and they were like, well, I'm still this now. I still believe it <laughs> It's because my, my ex-wife turned out to be a bee. <laughs> but you know what? I found the truth. <laughs> yep. So all of that happened. And then we pull up to the big Lebowski's house and we see the red convertible uh, sports car basically half hanging into the decorative fountain in front of the mansion this is the one that bunny lebowski was driving with all of her toes perfectly manicured and intact painted green it's that car i gotta say this scene is difficult for a car lover to to watch to look at (laughs) it's similar to the scene in a previous movie that we, we reviewed ferris bueller's day off right where you see the car go you know out the back and down the uh down the ravine it's hard to watch this because you're just like you're you're ruining everything (laughs) not only have you crashed it it's also getting water damaged (laughs) it's you just you stupid mm. suppose that was painful for a car lover such as yourself (laughs) yes it was hard it was and if you look closely you start to see a trail of clothing Leading away from the car. <laughs> and you're like, 
what? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> the dude and Walter walked into. <laughs> right. And so they walk in through the front door and you hear Bunny Lebowski in the background just hooting and hollering. And the dude's like, ah, where was she, man? Like, he's like, aha, there she is. What, what happened? You know, and you see her running across the patio glass doors, you know, naked, throwing clothes everywhere. Yeah. And Philip Seymour Hoffman is picking up the clothes <laughs> and he's like, oh, she ran off to Palm Springs and didn't tell anybody. Like, like suddenly that was, you know, what it was. That was a simple mess, you know, mess up. She wasn't kidnapped, you know, she just ran off. Except we're just going to ignore the fact that we told you and gave you a tone that said she was kidnapped you know we're just gonna pretend that didn't happen there's three very clear things going on with brent right now number one he's been caught out right right because like the whole scheme thing which he wasn't in on as far as we know the big lebowski put the fake money whatever phone books in without brent knowing as far as we know brent thought this whole thing was real the whole time <laughs> so he's been caught unawares by that Number two, he has his loyalty to his boss because he's the lapdog, right? Almost as literal as you could possibly get in human form, you know, other than like fictional characters like Wayland Smithers or animated characters <laughs> <laughs> who in some, some episodes literally become ro- robot dogs. But either way, <laughs> and you have this loyalty trying to reconcile, okay, like this whole thing was false. Brent can't be that dumb to not think maybe there was something up, but then that's wrestling with his loyalty. And then the third thing, he's getting to see Bunny naked. Right. (laughs) Which is probably overriding everything else. (laughs) Because he's trailing after her picking her clothes up, is what he's primarily doing. And he's just kind of making these offhanded comments to the dude. Like, hey, I'm not processing any of this crap right now. I have something more important to do. (laughs) Which is to oversee my my boss's trophy wife while she swims naked. (laughs) So as the dude's carrying on, you know, he's like, Well, I guess the nihilist knew where she was, like, you know, again, trying to calm out on it. and Walter's behind him, like, hey, dude, she kidnapped herself. Like, he didn't know. Like, like he didn't realize that he was being sarcastic. <laughs> and Brent's like, hey, who is this guy? You know, referring to Walter. And Walter just characteristically, you know, again, just taking everything to the 10th level of aggression goes as far over the top, top as, as you could. possibly He's can. Saying, who am I? I'm a veteran. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was like, just come on. I have to say that is Walter to a T. He's the crazy Vietnam veteran <laughs> to a T. Like that is Walter's characterization is that. And so like his like announcement that that is who he is. I am a veteran. I, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's about as clear as saying my name's Walter, <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> as they're like trying to walk like they're walking right past Brent right, right to where they, they know where they're going they're going to where the big Lebowski always is in his study you know the the place where he's trying to be you know uh, um, menacing looking you know or just overly dramatic so as they're walking past you know Brent doing his last ditch attempt at, at trying to hold off the dude from going uh, going to see the big Lebowski he's like you shouldn't go in there dude he's very angry <laughs> like that was gonna stop him <laughs> and of course you know the dude just busts in and he's like you know back and forth it's like so she's back yeah no thanks to you you know they're doing this back and forth and, and trying to call each other out on their bullshit and denying it you know and- yeah it's funny how like this is like the most focused we've ever seen the dude in the entire movie right 
Like suddenly he's just not dumb. Like suddenly he gives a shit. Right. Like everything else he does is sort of in this like half slow motion, dazed, you know, obviously drugged up or, you know, having just drunk something listless. But this, this is all in like fast motion for the dude, which for the rest of us is like regular motion, (laughs) (laughs) which is why it doesn't necessarily catch you off guard unless you've spent a lot of time with the dude. And it's just interesting to watch this play. Like the anger has finally gotten to the dude and he has galvanized. Maybe part of it is that the pot is worn off and he hasn't drank anything in a while. (laughs) So he's also suffering from a hangover. The clarity that comes from not drinking for five whole hours. See, that can be pretty devastating, I've got to tell you. <laughs> when you've been in a stupor for a while. <laughs> you know, so they're calling each other out, and he's like, yeah, I know the briefcase was empty, and you were just trying to get rid of the money, you know, or make the money disappear and pin it on me. And the big Lebowski's like, well, you can't prove it, and I've got my story, and you've got yours. And, you know, the dude's just like, you know, you're just scum, man. You, you, you human paraquat. <laughs> <laughs> he just like I'm sure it has meaning. I don't know it. I don't want to look it up right now because it takes away from the scene. Because when you hear words like that, you're just like, I can't tell if that's a real word or if he made it up. Granted, all words are made yeah. up, but I mean, like he just didn't think of it at that exact moment, and he knew what it meant. Like you know, it was onomatopoeia to his feelings at that moment. I don't know if that's a real word, but I think I we all know what he was trying to get across. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe the word he was trying to go for was paramecium. I don't know. Doesn't matter. It's, it's one of the, I mean, everybody gets into this when you're angry, you're just looking for words and you just, you maybe spit out the first like thing that sounds okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and proceeds to tell him, he's like, you know, and you just figured I was just some, some loser, some deadbeat, you know, that you could put this on. And the big Lebowski just straight looks at him and goes, well, aren't you? Yeah. I love that. He pauses staring at him and goes, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and it's funny because you have the two, you know, the, the two players in this whole thing are Maud Lebowski and Jackie Treehorn, right? They're the players. And the two rival chess pieces on the board are the two Lebowskis. You get the big Lebowski and, and the dude. And this is like the scene where they kind of like realize who the other one is, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> because, you know, the dude has realized what, what the big Lebowski is while driving there. He's finally, okay, yeah, he was lying the whole time and this was all money scheme and this guy is scum. You know, he's a paraquat, <laughs> human paraquat. And all of that is just said is true. And then the big Lebowski says, well, aren't you? <laughs> He just owns it. He's like, well, yeah, kind (laughs) of. You know, down to that back and forth and you can see it's going nowhere. You know, the big Lebowski's like, all right, get out. You know, just get out. And now Walter enters the the discussion. He's like, he's like, "Uh uh-uh, I know who you really are, man. You're a phony. I've seen a lot of spinal injuries and you're just faking it. <laughs> yeah, things take like a weird side turn because it's like it's almost like like this is the dude's moment because he's angry and he's worked up and he's focused and he's just having this conversation with this guy, this argument, yelling match, whatever you want to call it. Something in Walter says, no, I got to make this about me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I need to make sure everyone knows who I am and what I've done. <laughs> yep. Face down in the mud. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he starts advancing on the big Lebowski. He's like, he's a fake man. He's a phony. This guy can walk. And all of a sudden, the big Lebowski, you know, starts getting freaked out. Like, oh, crap, man. Stay away. Stay awake. And the dude's like, hey, Walter, he's not faking it. He's a cripple. So, you know, let's just say for the moment. As far as we know that he really is crippled, wouldn't if he wasn't crippled, wouldn't he still pretend to be crippled like to the full extent at this point? You're so far in the lie at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you just keep going with it no matter what he did? (laughs) Right. Because it's so easy at this point. (laughs) Right. Like it's your just it's your default state. I mean, hell. If you'd been acting like a cripple for that many years, <laughs> I, I would imagine your legs are probably atrophied to the point they're barely usable anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so Walter gets to the Big Lebowski, picks him up, and the dude's screaming, put him down, man, put him down. And Walter goes, oh, I'll put him down. Just you watch, I'll put him down. And he says, Achtung, which is German for, for attention. And proceeds to just drop him. <laughs> and the big Wilhelski just falls flat on his face to the ground. Yep. And begins to sob. <laughs> and the dog comes up, starts licking his face, and Walter just like looking at it like, uh well. <laughs> that backfired. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I called that one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude looks at Walter like, come on, man, help me put him back in the chair. <laughs> The dude's like kind of like nodding his head like in a in a, in a judging judging way like I I knew this was going to happen I knew you Walter were going to do this yeah. I just somehow knew this is how it was gonna how it was gonna go because <laughs> you go into this whole thing with the driving and the you know Walter being all crazy about it and getting called out and and all that and you show up and the car is in the fountain and the you know there's a naked lady and brent is all being torn to pieces by his his loyalties and then you get a shouting match between the dude and the big lebowski and that all and that's the most normal thing that happens (laughs) you feel like okay that's probably going to be the end of it (laughs) but no the movie has to take it that one step Step further further. (laughs) walter pick up the crippled man and drop him (laughs) leave him sobbing on the ground with the dog licking his face which is nuts because you know just from uh, an emotional standpoint you leave the scene feeling sorry for the big Lebowski (laughs) or at the very least feeling neutral about it like you're gonna go well now the dude doesn't have a leg to stand on in this argument because his friend just assaulted a cripple right exactly like we went from this guy is human scum to Ah, uh, crap. Now everybody's <laughs> awful. <laughs> and really, the dude's not awful. He's just awful by association. Yeah. So we uh, transition from the, the big Lebowski's mansion to back. We're back to the bowling alley. Because remember, this whole universe centers around bowling in this bowling alley. Everything important happens in the bowling alley. Yeah. And uh, Donnie is is coming up to to roll his ball, and he, he goes down the lane. And remember, everything up to this point, Donnie has always thrown a strike. Yep. Every time has thrown a strike and been really excited. It looked like Donnie was probably the best bowler out of the three of them because he was just unimposing. And this time he rolls it. It hits. If you bowl, you know, it's what's called a pocket. He hits it pretty good between the first and second pin. And it looks like it's going to be a strike, except one pin in the back. 
just teeters and stands up. And uh, Donnie looks at it forlorn and going, well, I didn't see that coming. The hell? <laughs> and of course, Walter's behind them talking the whole time. Like he's just going through his manifesto, you know, like at least they had the decency and <laughs> the tell us that we were fighting the, the communists <laughs> trying to justify <laughs> what he did. Cause you can see he's still somewhat embarrassed about the whole dropping the cripple guy. But like <laughs> that is the primary focus of that scene is Donnie's missing of the, the strike because it shows you universally something is off. Because every scene up to this point where you see Donnie bowling, he's, he's bowling strikes. And even though he's bowling strikes right before they get accosted by a pederast dressed in blue who licks his ball, like even though he rolls a strike right before, like the dude is carrying around a phone on his neck that keeps ringing and then has his car stolen, <laughs> like, <laughs> he still makes the strike. And so there's this like there's this balance to this universe that's always in place. And when he doesn't make the strike, that's a, that's the key to the viewer that ju- that something is off. Like normally, you'd be in this coming into this scene in a movie, and this would be the wrap up, right? Like this would be like the ending conversation, and maybe there'd be another couple jokes, and it would end or something. But this is a key; it's a visual clue that no, there's still more to play out on this. And uh, the whole time, Walter's in the background. When you pay attention to it, he's talking about Nam and talking about how, how, you know, about how great the war was in the aspect of like two worthy adversaries and this, that, and the other thing. Again, trying to puff up, he goes, "Well, you know, I may have made that mistake, but I'm a veteran man. I'm I'm a veteran of a real war. You know, I fought the communists, and they were worthy adversaries. They they meant business." And so Donnie comes back and he goes and he talks about the, the communists, you know, the guys in the black pajamas. And Donnie goes, who are the who are the guys in the or who's in pajamas? And Walter, and he goes, shut the up, Donnie. Shut the up. <laughs> and then, we get our okay. And that kind of belies you into this this sort of like, okay, you know, things are really back to how normal. they should be. Yeah. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, uh, the Jesus <laughs> starts coming up. What is this? You can't bowl on on Saturday. You know, I don't care. I'll beat you on any day. Because <laughs> Walter in his Shabbos thing, you know, moving the the, the match against uh, the Pederas. <laughs> yeah, that that thread that's been running through in the background this whole freaking time. The the, <laughs> the league play and the fact that Walter can't play on Shabbos. <laughs> I don't roll on Shabbos. <laughs> but, you know, the Jesus is just screaming and yelling and like getting like and talking about how, how angry he is about this in a very sexual way, like how he's just going to F him up. Yep. He would have effed him up on Saturday and he's going to F him up on Sunday. <laughs> and it, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's simply a uh, continuation of the first time we met right. the Jesus. Although it's a little, I mean, in comparison, that, that God, that was so over the top. <laughs> That this is somehow less, but but just like before, Walter has to have the last word. So the G, the Jesus storms away, and then Walter goes, "He's cracking." He's like, "You're not." And you're like, he's like he had to say something. Yep. So from there, bowling practice is over. And our heroes, such as they are, <laughs> walking out of the bowling alley, and you kind of see these flicker of orange lights behind them, like you know something in front of them is lighting them up. 
come to find out it's the three nihilists standing in front of the dude's car and it's on fire and then this is the completion of the car's journey right when right. we first met this car it was a fully functional automobile granted older but still ran it still had a you know windshield it still had windows it it had all the interior it, it wasn't all pockmarked and jacked up and now we finally see it in its death throes <laughs> on fire. And the dude says as much. And the dude goes, well, they finally did it. They killed my They car. killed my car. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, the, the nihilist's like, we want the money. And they're like, look, man. the money, You don't have the girl. We know you don't have the girl. So we're not giving you the money. Not that we had it to begin with. <laughs> and then... Oh, <laughs> you just you see the nihilists, and they all kind of look at each other like, "Oh crap, the jig's up." <laughs> and, and Donnie chips chipes in, and Walter goes, "Go, are these guys Nazis, Walter?" He goes, "No, they're nihilists, Donnie. They're cowards. There's nothing to worry about." Yeah, it's just like how he dismisses. It. He, they turn. They're just like, "No, no, no. It's, it's, they're nihilists. No, they're, they're not no, worth they're it. Not. Yeah, they're, they're nothing. Not. <laughs> they're they're cowards. Don't worry about it, Donnie. Don't worry. No reason to be afraid." <laughs> Because they're standing there, like you, and they're all like in the black leotards, like they were wearing, or is the black, or the black suits, suits, yeah, like suits or whatever, yeah, that they were wearing when they broke into uh, the dude's apartment. One of them is holding a boombox, playing the techno music, right from their album. (laughs) Like one of them is holding a sword. I want to say, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then the cars on. It's it's this just really surreal scene <laughs> the car on fire in the background backlighting them one guy with the sword pronouncing we want some money the masking <laughs> like all crazy and just just you just you just sit there and you're like you know I, just, I thought the ride was over. I really did. Right. And, you know, so Walter's pointing out the obvious. He goes, without without a hostage, the ransom, there is no ransom. That's how it goes. Those are the rules. And yeah. The Nihilist's like, well, this guy's girlfriend gave up a toe because we thought we were going to get money. And that's not fair. And Walter says the most perfect thing ever, I think. Because when you hear people talk about their ideals, then, and when you point out that there, there are certain rules to those ideals, and they're like, well, yeah, but I don't believe in those ideals. I just like, I'm that. But except for that part, and he goes, you know, Walter goes, the rules, who are the effing nihilists around here, you bunch of crybabies? They say the rules are, he says, fair. Right. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Because <laughs> it, it's so spot on. Like, it's not fair. And the, the, one of the, he, he says it like a three-year-old child, right? It's not fair. Right. And just and Walter is like, fair? Who's the nihilist here? <laughs> Like that's kind of the point of nihilism. There is no fair. There's there is no, no rules. There's standard. no right or wrong. There's no rules. Because there's that's nothing. right. It's not everything's just blah. It just it's that thing. It's like oh. And then at the end, and he's like telling him, "Go and the and uh, the other Lebowski's got the money, so take it up with him." And I want my undies back. <laughs> <laughs> while we're at it i want my undies back <laughs> i want my undies back and so then the nihilists you know they're, they're conversing they go back all right give us all the money you have and we'll call it even and walter's like 
No, 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 not going to do it. You know, Donnie and and the dude are like, come on, it's no big deal. You know, we're getting off cheap here. You know, let's just give him the money. The dude has like probably all of like 10, maybe $5 on him. And Donnie probably has a a decent amount of cash. But the reality is there's not much money here. (laughs) He just lost his car. He wants out of all of this, anything tying him to any of this at this point, you know, and he's like, you know, for ten the, for the ten bucks I got in my pocket, I just want to give it to him, but not Walter. No, no, Walter's like, no, no, I'm not going to give him my money, which I've earned <laughs> to these guys. <laughs> well, you know, he's standing on the principle, which I mean, to be fair, the nihilists baited him into <laughs> with their "it's not fair," right? <laughs> because now Walter has to prove that he's a principled person. <laughs> In comparison to the nihilists who are not. <laughs> right. So one was like, no, no, you want the money? Come and get it. So then the sword comes out and Donnie and the dude are like, we're out of here. And Walter's like, bring it on. And, then, and the most insane fight you've ever seen happens. It's just so raw and uncoordinated. And of course, Walter makes the best move that you could possibly play. like Walter really lands the most devastating blow ever he just he uh windmills his arm holding his bowling ball bag and throws it at the the, the main uh nihilist uli and hits him square in the chest with this bowling ball oh my god yeah it is like perfect spot on like ah now i see why why you would keep walter around right <laughs> Like, because he just annihilates that guy. And the balls probably weighs anywhere from 14 to 16 pounds because oh, Walter's yeah. a big guy. So he would he would probably carry a heavy ball. <laughs> so like that guy is just annihilated. He spends the rest of the fight on the ground, clutching himself, his chest, his, his whatever, and just like gasping for air. <laughs> and I was wrong. It wasn't Uli. It was the guy standing to Uli's left. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the guy that yelled it wasn't fair, right? He was the guy that takes it. Right. And so, but Uli comes charging at Walter. Walter grabs a hold of him and proceeds to bite into his ear. <laughs> yeah, this is the guy coming at him with a sword. And he manages to knock the sword uh, away far enough and then starts to bite his face. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're just like, wow. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. I really don't like the whole bowling ball move. Solid tactic. I can see all of that. Like, Biting the guy's face. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> the guy to the right of Uli is trying to take on the dude, and the dude's just trying to defend himself with the bully while like, holding it up like a shield, saying, here's the $4, take the $4, and the guy just keeps screaming, yeah. I'm going to F you in the A, I'm going to F you in the A, you know, with, with his foot, with the knife that's on his boot. <laughs> He's just kicking wildly and screaming. <laughs> he, he, like, taped the knife to his boot, didn't he? Right. <laughs> Yeah, he's holding up his arms like he's gonna karate chop him and whatnot. <laughs> and then if you the and then you see Walter take a bite out of Uli's ear and, and and spit it into the air and then just sucker punch Uli to knock him out. Then we go back yeah. to to the dude, and the dude's fighting, you know, he's trying to defend himself, then all of a sudden Walter comes in and bashes the tall guy with his boombox right in the face. <laughs> 
while all the while the the first guy that got hit with the bowling ball is just like crawling and gasping for air. It's just so surreal. Like the <laughs> whole so I'm like fast and angry and uncoordinated and raw yeah. and just like you were like it's like a fight in like in a school playground. <laughs> yeah. I you just you just sit there and you're like Okay, he literally bit part of that guy's ear off and spit it in slow motion into the air. And now he's bashed another guy in the head with the boombox. All the while, the first guy is still crawling, gasping for air. I mean, you know, and basically, uh, he's done all the work. Right, he's literally taken out all three. Well, Donnie is not to be seen yet. Right. And, and the dude is just sort of trying to defend himself, which is, I mean, that's kind of what the dude would do. So, yeah, I just, oh my And so all of a sudden the fight is over and you hear Walter go, we got a man down (laughs) and you look over and you see Donnie's on the ground, just like kicking. And he looks like he's in pain and dude goes, Oh God, they shot him. He's like, no, there were no shots fired. No shots fired. He's just in shock. (laughs) He says he's having a heart attack, heart attack. Go go call medics, which is what it looks like. Cause you get a, you get an overhead view of Donnie and he's kind of like struggling and, and looks, like he's in his pain, clutching his chest, and Walter immediately says, "No, no, it's, he's been shot. No shots fired. This is a heart attack. Call the medic." So as we're pulling away from the scene with the camera overlooking the whole the whole scene, you see the dude running inside. Walter's kneeling, trying to comfort Donnie, and he's just telling him to hold on. And it just kind of gets to that that sense of like, oh, something bad's happening here. Yeah, the whole scene fades to black except for the disco star. Per- starburst lights from the bowling alley and then all of a sudden we're in this uh office this fancy looking office full of uh, wood colors and brass looking stuff and so it looks very i wouldn't say macabre just looks like old yeah this looks old like and brown old and tasteful i suppose the way to put it right the dude's wearing sunglasses in his bowling shirt walter's reading from some huge book as you go move the camera behind our, our heroes, you see like this biblical verse on the on the wall. And it's obviously an office. The guy comes in, he starts talking about, about the bereaved. So at this point, you basically come to find out that uh, Donnie died. Right. Because if you're if so, what you would expect is that they would be at a hospital right on the next scene. If Donnie was going right. to live or there was something you, you'd have them at a hospital or a rehab or maybe at Donnie's house or something like that. Uh, but wh- where you are instead, you're in this office. And so you're kind of, interestingly enough, you're in Donnie's typical place, which is, I don't know where, you know, what's going on or where I am. Like that, you know, that's always Donnie's coming into the conversation and being told by by Walter that he doesn't, you know, he's like a child who's wandered in, wandered out of his parents' reach. And that's kind of how you come into the scene because you're like, where are they? Initially, you get the feeling that maybe it's a lawyer's office. And it has something to do with the nihilist or the Lebowski or something. But then you see the the quote from the Bible on the wall and you're like, ah, I know what this is. <laughs> and then the guy comes on, comes, comes in and he just, he looks he like, like it's stereotypical mortuary director. <laughs> like he just looks mm-hmm. like one. And he, he mentions the bereaved and then you're like, ah, I, it appears that Donnie has died. Which is sort of like, mm-hmm. it's this huge, huge emotional swing coming out of the encounter with the Lebowskis. Because out of that encounter, you, you have the anger, but you have the kind of the triumph. You know, the dude was right. 
and he, he confronted Lebowski, and and yeah, he left the the human scum lying on the ground crying, but still, you know, you know, and everything was kind of back to normal. And then we're swung all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, Donnie's dead, and you're kind of like, I did not see that coming. I wouldn't count that as on the ridiculous scale. The ridiculousness of the last scene was the fight, which oh my gosh, <laughs> possibly one of the most ridiculous. <laughs> but well done fight scenes and all of cinematography. But then you have the death of Donnie, which just puts you in this scene, which, you know, you think about it, Donnie had like nothing to do with this, this whole thing. Like Donnie was nowhere to be seen. Like he just chimed in every so often and Walter would tell him to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So if, if for anyone to die, you're just like, okay, it's the least consequential, but at the same time, Donnie didn't do anything. There was no deservingness right here. <laughs> How did we get here? Kind of a thing. <laughs> like, why Why did the director choose this guy to die? <sighs> and we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, mortician walks in, says, you know, you're here to pick up the ashes. And yeah, and this is how much it costs. And, and ha- or hands the portfolio to, to uh, Walter. He and- hands them the thing and it's on this nice leather bound, you know, portfolio. And he opens it up and he's looking through it. And, you know, normally the way that interaction goes in the, in the vast majority of people's lives is they look at that and they kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they close it and they hand it back. But he's like, what's this? <laughs> you know, Walter just has to, what's this? <laughs> Oh, that's for the uh, container for the bereaved ashes. What? It's like $300. <laughs> the guy is just like, well, it's our most modest receptacle. <laughs> $300. Like he starts getting going into his Walter craziness. And you just know the Vietnam veteran thing is about to come out. And you're like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Are we really having this conversation? How did we get here? As I, like you're just like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think we could top that fight scene. I just <laughs> didn't think it was doable. <laughs> well, you know, especially since like he like just goes into a rage. He goes, "We're not savs, you know, just because we're grieving. We're not savs. It just explodes all of a sudden again. It's almost like uh, uh, what people describe as uh, bipolar. Yeah, you know, like just all of a sudden the switch turns on. <laughs> you know." <laughs> And they're going back and forth, and he's like, "Yep, this is this is the best that we can do." So then, Walter just turns and goes, "You got a Rouse anywhere around here?" <laughs> and for those that don't remember, Rouse is where we started this story with the dude in the grocery store. That was Rouse, yep. <laughs> which we we know because the dude had his value member card in his wallet when he got arrested in Malibu. <laughs> just oh my gosh, the scene that's about to play. <laughs> <laughs> you have a Ralph's around here. And so your mind goes to, okay, this is a grocery store. Where is Walter going with this? Why does Walter want to go to a grocery store to solve a problem about not wanting to pay $300 for an urn? Like it's at this point, like if you were a betting person, you start taking all sorts of bets of what he's going to walk out with. Yeah. <laughs> Tupperware, you know, coffee can, soda and, can. Yeah, you know? mayonnaise jar. Like where, where are we going with mayonnaise this? Mayonnaise jar, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the next thing we see is the, the California coastline and Walter walking up to the edge of this cliff holding 
here here's your chance to if you want some money if you place a bet holding a coffee, coffee can <laughs> and so uh you know they said they were going to scatter their ashes this is obviously what they're going to do and walter makes this uh he tries to make a beautiful eulogy about it you know talking about how donnie was a was a great guy and he was a he was a surfer, you know, from the beaches of Carmel to, you know, Pismo Beach. <laughs> yeah. You know, of course, we know nothing of this, right? Like, we know Donnie right. is we a know bowler. nothing about Donnie. Yeah, pretty much. Right. And so this is this is the entirety of Donnie that we get. La Jola de Leo Carrillo is what he said, up to Pismo. <laughs> <laughs> he died as so many young men of his generation before his time. <laughs> In your wisdom, Lord, you took him as you took so many bright flowering young men at Quezon and Londoc. And you just the dude shaking his head yeah. like, holy crap, man. Can you not speak about anything other than your own grandness? We see, you know, we see the like the dude standing there and, and Walter's there with the coffee can and he starts the eulogy and the dude's just standing there with his glasses. He's dressed like he always is with his glasses on. And so and once Walter starts getting into the Vietnam um stuff you can kind of see the dude's like head shift like he was looking out into the ocean and you know everything was kind of like you know a little peaceful and calm and and the eulogy was going well and then then you just see him like shift his focus to walter like in this (laughs) what the hell are you doing man (laughs) this is not about you this is about donnie (laughs) and we come to find out that donnie's full name was theodore donald Carabatsos. Carabatsos. <laughs> He's like, we commend your ashes, you know, and, and what we thought were your dying wishes might have been. <laughs> like, they didn't even know for certain that they that Donnie wanted his ashes, you know, spread, or that he even probably wanted to be cremated at all. <laughs> this is the insanity of this scenario because the dude and Walter are his next of kin. Like, think about that. <laughs> like, as if Donnie had, like, nobody. Right. Right. <laughs> and Donnie was a likable guy. <laughs> exactly. But apparently no family, no, you know, wife, no kids, no mother, no father, no brother, no cousin, no nephew, no, nobody. Like, I mean, apparently Walter and the dude were all he had. And, like, the psychology that goes into that is a little mind warping because you'd see how, like, kind of Walter treated him <laughs> for the entirety of the movie. <laughs> and, and then so uh, Walter proceeds to try to spread the ashes. He opens the lid. And, and when you spread somebody's ashes, you kind of got to think about all the factors that are involved here, which Walter didn't. So you just start shaking the can and the wind is pushing it back towards Walter and past him right into the dude's face. <laughs> and so like the, the entirety of the dude's face, his clothing, which of course is like a bathrobe, which is pretty absorbent and his gigantic <laughs> beard is all just covered and Donnie, <laughs> effectively, <Right. laughs> and like you could just tell, there's a straight face, even without the glass with the glasses off. You can just tell he's just like you know he's really pissed off. It's just the stares, and, and and when Walter's done shaking the the can, he turns around and goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, dude." Starts trying to like wipe him off, and the dude at this point, the dude loses it. This time, the dude just outright is just 100 percent mad. He's not even like aggravated. He is just 
pissed. <laughs> and, you know, and he's just like, you know, F you, Walter, man. Everything with you is a, is, is a travesty, you know? And, you know, at this point, Walter kind of gets a look of like a wounded dog, you know, like all of a sudden he's going to cry. He's like, I'm sorry, man. It was an accident. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and the dude's like, why were you talking about Vietnam? What about this had to do anything with Vietnam that happened to Donnie? <laughs> you know? You're just thinking to yourself, like, <laughs> right, maybe maybe the argument over what they were going to carry Donnie's ashes in and the unwillingness to pay 300 bucks for an urn, I mean, that was pretty ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe that doesn't top that fight that we just saw. Maybe. And then that happens. Right. Right. <laughs> and then the dude gets covered in Donnie. Donnie. <laughs> Walter is talking about Vietnam. <laughs> and you're just like, bravo, movie. Bravo. Oh, <laughs> you did it. You somehow got to the end of this. More ridiculous every step of the way and you finished it out as grandly as you possibly could have slow clap (laughs) (laughs) and so much like a wounded dog you know and the dude is like you know pushing and pushing away uh, walter and just you know laying into him walter just you know gives the dude a big hug like Please forgive me. You know, you know, I love you. You know, that whole, that the whole Shabil, you know, I mean, like he's not saying this. He's just the way he acts by giving him a big hug. And then almost instantly he decides he's going to be like, you know, taking control again, going, let's go bowling, dude. Come on, let's go bowling. You're, you're just, you're just upset. Let's go, let's go do this thing. <laughs> you're upset. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the Walter's the one crying. Right. It's, it's the dude who's upset. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we find ourselves back at the bowling alley. And this kind of, the, with the music and the way everything is, is going, we're, it feels like we're leaving the way we came in. In the world of bowling, you know, how everything just kind of just keeps going. Everyone's going about their business, strikes and gutters. And, you know, it's like everything's back to normal again. Yep. You know, as normal gets for a loser hippie and his <laughs> his Vietnam War obsessed friend. You hear the music, which is the tumbleweed music, I believe, from the very beginning starts playing. And so, you know, this has to be the end and you get the stranger's voice comes back. Right. What I liked about this scene is that when he and I didn't I I learned something new when the dude approaches the bar, he goes two oat sodas, Gary. And I didn't know until this movie that oat sodas was in reference to beer. Like it wasn't a type of beer. It was just him ordering beer. Yep. And the bartender tells him good luck at the tournament. And then, yes, the narrator comes in, you know, how's it going, dude? <laughs> you know, and he says, like I just said before, the, like an almost like it was the, the dude's turn to come up with that Eastern wisdom line and goes, you know, strikes and gutters. And, you know, at times and he's like, oh, you stuck around. Oh, I wouldn't miss the semis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ups and downs. Yeah. Strikes and gutters, ups and downs. <laughs> you know, he says, take care. And then uh, the dude walks off back to his lane. The, the stranger turns around and goes, take her easy, dude. And goes, well, dude abides. Dude abides. <laughs> and then and the stranger turns back to the, to the camera and tilts his head and goes, the dude abides. Like he just heard some words of wisdom and he tells the camera, he goes, I don't know about you, 
But I take comfort in those words. I take comfort in those words. The dude abides. <laughs> Man, it's good he's out there. The dude taking her easy for all us sinners out there. <laughs> I'm going to use the word hero. Well, what's a hero anyway? But <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope he makes the finals, he says. Yep. Well, that does, that about does her. Wraps her all up. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> he said things worked out pretty good for the dude and Walter. <laughs> you know, it was a pretty good story, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> kind of raw about Donnie. <laughs> and you're just like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> but it's so funny because this is almost like like he's talking to the audience, like getting their feedback too. Because he also says, "I didn't like seeing Donnie go," <laughs> and, you know, because yeah. then I happen to know there's a little Lebowski on the way. Talking about mod, so it's it's like you know a review of things, you know, you know, in trying to part wisdom, like the lesson the story here is. <laughs> and so it was really kind of cool, and it's just you know. Ha- at this point, if you've never seen it, you love Sam Elliott and you want to see more Sam Elliott, even though he really had a very bit role. I mean, but it was very Sam Elliott's role. Yeah. Like, you know, certain people play, and I think I've done this at the beginning of the show, but whatever, I'll rehash it again. Certain people play themselves, right? Like David Boreanaz plays David Boreanaz. Doesn't matter what he's in. Bruce Willis mm-hmm. plays Bruce Willis. Doesn't matter what he's in. Right. He plays him. So, I, and he's good at it. So, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yep. And then that that just, you know, sort of brings us into the uh, into the credits. The credits. And so, yeah, that's, that's the Big Lebowski. The tangled, ridiculous web. That is the regalding, <laughs> ridiculous web. You made it. Yep. You made it to, made the, it end. to the end. So. You know, go and make yourselves a. A white Russian and celebrate. Yep. All right. So uh, parting thoughts of the fat man. Oh, it's just a cult classic. I, I want to say I want to say it's a cult classic because you can't say it was a terribly great cinematic movie in the history of cinema. But I mean, it was fun. It was crazy. The main characters were likable in their own way. And you had fun. It was a, it was a movie that you really just kind of want to sit down and go, let's make some drinks, pop popcorn or, or or something like that, and just sit here and laugh and relax and watch the craziness unfold because you love the actors, you love the characters, you love the dialogues, you love the absurdity of all of it, you know, in that sense that you probably wouldn't want to watch this with people you, you don't know, you know, you don't want to, you know, like say, you know, you wouldn't watch this with your boss, but you'd watch it with friends and laugh about this, that, and the other thing. So, I mean, it's a great hidden gem of a movie that everybody loves, but, you know, but nobody will say is a great movie, I think. I don't know if I qualify it as a great movie, but it is one hell of a ride. Right. It's a movie I really enjoy experiencing with new people uh, who've never seen it because uh, the fact of the matter is it's ridiculous. Like, and and like I I keep saying, every scene is somehow more ridiculous than the last scene. And, and. Living that again <laughs> through my through friends and family that I introduced the movie to is a lot of fun to me. Uh, I mean, it's really the only movie I can say flat out, having you know not seen just a ton of movies but that does that that somehow progressively gets crazier and crazier, but still believably crazy. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not it it doesn't get like. Um, like crazy in a psychedelic way or in a 
you know, a magic kind right, of a way. Right, like a heavy drug use right. way. Yeah. It's, it's crazier and just that, like, the, the stuff that happens is just more and more and more ridiculous. But it's all believable. It's all, like, low-level insanity. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's believable rid- ridiculousness. Yes. <laughs> Somewhere, this kind of same BS is happening to some poor schmuck out there. <laughs> yep. So I, you know, I really enjoy it as a movie. It's a good, it's a good movie to have a couple of beers while watching or, or just to, but I, I really enjoy watching this movie with people who haven't seen it before or other people who are into it as a cult classic. It's, it's not quite as akin as like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which you really only want to watch with other people who've seen it just so you can do the call lines because otherwise that movie is awful. <laughs> but with the call lines, it's a lot of fun. So I got to admit, this was a lot of fun to review as a movie because oh, yeah. there are certain movies that I just enjoy talking about. And this is one of them as can be seen from the five or six episodes that it took us to do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken us almost a full hour to get through the last like 15 minutes of this movie. Yeah. So I, I really, really enjoyed this one. Uh, sorry. It took us so long to get back to the movies. Uh, I promise we'll be doing a lot of movies from here going forward since football season isn't for <laughs> for a long time although if i get my usfl i'll be ultra happy about that so either way uh, mind you we started we started this episode with 19 minutes left in the movie and by the time of the credits there's only about four and a half minutes yeah. so yes 15 minutes it took us an hour to get through the last 15 minutes of this movie that's how much we like yeah you'll get that effect when if we ever do star wars uh, episode four because we were oh, we were literally recording four minutes for every one minute of showtime uh, when we tried to do it earlier. So and we may have lost significant <laughs> portions of that recording, So, which I'm not happy about. <laughs> but, uh, but we'll get there. So with that, thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for uh, coming on that wild ride with us. We appreciate it. If you like the show, consider uh, chipping in for it and helping us pay our editor, um, you know, a buck a show or a dollar a month or five bucks a month. Or if you like us even more than that, our patrons do get exclusive content. We're hopefully going to be updating that now that everything's a little more calm uh, once or twice a month. So the content will be rolling out. Check us out on our Facebook page on the website, patandthefatman.com. And uh, hope to uh, hear from you soon. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. Stay classy. Take her easy, dudes. I'll take you easy. I feel very uncomfortable right now. (laughs) I'm going to go lock my door and my windows. Probably a good idea. I'm probably never getting out of a chair tonight. (laughs) That's a little more concerning for a number of reasons. (laughs) (laughs)